Hello, and welcome to another episode of Dr. J's American Passages. I'm Dr. J. Today's American Passage is from 20 Years at Hull House by Jane Addams. 20 Years at Hull House has been a staple of American classrooms since it was published in 1910, though it was at first resisted by social conservatives and business leaders because of its advocacy on behalf of the poor and organized labor. My own copy, a paperback published by Signet Classics, dates from my high school years in the 1960s. Hull House was established by Adams in Chicago in 1889, the first in America of what were called settlement houses, residential houses in poor urban neighborhoods that addressed the needs of their largely immigrant populations. The residents of these houses weren't the poor whom they served. Rather, they were university students, mostly women, who were studying for careers in fields including medicine, social sciences, education, and the arts. The settlement houses were the precursors of the community centers of today that combined social services and social advocacy on behalf of America's poor. But they were also more. The residents of Hull House were expected to not just study and serve the neighborhood they lived in, but to be a part of it, to socialize with those they served. Hull House provided classes and lectures both for practical skills and for the mind. There were studios for art and a space for theater. There was a playground and a gymnasium where social events could be hosted, providing an alternative to the taverns that were the only place for social events prior to Hull House. There was daycare and a medical clinic. In the passage I've chosen for day, two characteristic activities are mentioned, a cooking class and the labor museum. The labor museum was a living museum in which immigrant women practiced the household crafts that had been central to their lives in their home countries, but were thought no longer useful in their lives of squalor and poverty in the American tenements. The Labor Museum was one of the many innovations Adams conceived while immersed in the lives of those Hull House served. This passage finds Adams reflecting on the success of the Labor Museum. From Twenty Years at Hull House by Jane Adams. There has been some testimony that the Labor Museum has revealed the charm of woman's primitive activities. I recall a certain Italian girl who came every Saturday evening to a cooking class in the same building in which her mother spun in the Labor Museum exhibit, and yet Angelina always left her mother at the front door while she herself went around to the side door because she did not wish to be too closely identified in the eyes of the rest of the cooking class with an Italian woman who wore a kerchief over her head, uncouth boots, and short petticoats. One evening, however, Angelina saw her mother surrounded by a group of visitors from the School of Education who much admired the spinning, and she concluded from their conversation that her mother was, quote, 
the best stick spindle spinner in America, end quote. When Angelina inquired from me as to the truth of this deduction, I took the occasion to describe the Italian village in which her mother had lived, something of her free life, and how, because of the opportunities she and the other women of the village had to drop their spindles over the edge of a precipice, they had developed a skill in spinning beyond that of their neighboring towns. I dilated somewhat on the freedom and beauty of that life, how hard it must be to exchange it all for a two-room tenement and to give up a beautiful homespun kerchief for an ugly department store hat. I intimated it was most unfair to judge her by these things alone, and that while she must depend on her daughter to learn the new ways, she also had a right to expect her daughter to know something of the old ways. That which I could not convey to the child, but upon which my own mind persistently dwelt, was that her mother's whole life had been spent in a secluded spot under the rule of traditional and narrowly localized observances, until her very religion clung to local sanctities, to the shrine before which she had always prayed, to the pavement and the walls of the low-vaulted church, and then suddenly she was torn from it all and literally put out to sea, straight away from the solid habits of her religious and domestic life, and she now walked timidly but with poignant sensibility upon a new and strange shore. It was easy to see that the thought of her mother with any other background than that of the tenement was new to Angelina, and at least two things resulted. She allowed her mother to pull out of the big box under the bed the beautiful homespun garments which had been previously hidden away as uncouth, and she openly came into the labor museum by the same door as did her mother, proud at least of the mastery of the craft which had been so much admired. Both the cooking class and the labor museum came from the emphasis at Hull House on looking at the needs of the whole person, rather than considering only the needs of the industrial society that viewed their workers only as labor. To live well, people must be able to eat nutritiously as well as economically. Their lives must have dignity and pride. Young people need to know about themselves and their culture through the study of literature and history. Adams believed strongly in the importance of the arts in education and in individual lives, and provided space and instruction for them. Today we find these values slipping away. In the rural high school I attended fifty-some years ago, most girls took home economics and most boys took shop, though the small college-bound group, which included me, took neither but instead took more college prep courses. I don't know today how many girls take home ec and how many boys take shop, but I worry it's not enough. All students, not just girls, should learn the basics of home economics, practical shopping, cooking, home finances, taking care of their homes and possessions. All students should learn to do things with their hands and to use tools, something that I, in the college-bound group, didn't learn at all. All students should learn to sing and draw and play a musical instrument, 
though these are usually the first things to be cut. A society which sees its citizens primarily as workers and consumers will see much of this as a waste of time and money. Jane Addams believed that seeing persons whole was natural. If it is natural to feed the hungry and care for the sick, she writes in Twenty Years at Hull House, then it is also natural to give pleasure to the young, comfort the aged, and to minister to the deep-seated craving for social intercourse that all men feel. It is natural, in other words, to love. Such was the foundation of Hull House, to respond to the stranger, the immigrant, the different, not with hostility or resentment or suspicion or even jealousy, but with love and interest and fellow feeling. Not to ask what we owe another, but what we can give another. Most often, though not always, it's something that costs us nothing. When talking about the Labor Museum, Adams makes a remark that I'd like to understand better. She speaks of the great German humanist Goethe, one of Europe's greatest minds. The Labor Museum, she wrote, and here I quote, might lay a foundation for that reverence for the past which Goethe declares to be the basis of all sound progress, end quote. Though I've read and studied and even taught Goethe, his thinking is vaster than I've yet been able to comprehend, though Adams no doubt could and did. That reverence for the past that Goethe declares to be the basis for all sound progress. Today, those who seem most to have reverence for the past show little interest in progress such as Jane Addams devoted her entire life to, while those who most seek progress reject almost all reverence for the past. What are both missing? What don't I yet get? Perhaps someone will give a good lecture on Goethe and give me a glimmer. Until next time, I'm Dr. J.